On this episode of Resi Week, we talk with Vin Bruno on Cedia's decision to sell their show to Emerald Expositions. We also talk about what to think about when adding a new product line to your biz, as well as how to make standard network deployments a routine part of your business. All this and more on this week's episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Rizzy episode 52. The best custom is repeatable. This week's episode of Rizzy Week is brought to you by Middle Atlantic. This is Rizzy Week. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott of avnation.tv, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Jason Knott. He's the editor of CE Pro. Jason, how are you today? I'm great, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Then we have uh, kind of a guest of honor, if you will. Vin Bruno, he is the CEO of Cedia. How are you, sir? Uh, very well, and I'm very happy to be here. And last but certainly not least, I've got my good friend Haggai from, he's the CEO of Access Networks. How are you, sir? I am well. Hello from Southern California. Hello from snowy, snowy <laughs> <very> cold Canada. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's jump right in. This comes to us from CE, uh, CE Pro, and it was kind of the, the big news uh, this week. Cedia has sold the ownership of the Cedia trade show to Emerald Expositions. This is the largest trade show operator in the U.S. and will retain control and ownership uh, of educational programming. Mm -hmm. Vin, let's jump right in with you. Uh, how long was this in the works and when, uh, when you guys announced this, um, did you did you get what, what was the response that you got uh well it's been a very good response uh you know our members look the show is an emotional attachment right from the beginning of time our board they want to leave no stone unturned on how we may best serve our members and uh you know this particular opportunity with emerald uh you know has been in the works for just prior to our cd 2016 show and you know it was there was a reaffirmation when they attended our show you know the executives from uh, emerald they saw the energy of our members the energy of our exhibitors the energy of our you know cd awards and celebration event and you know the fact of the matter is it makes emerald more valuable and emerald is in a position to deliver cedia members with the greatest community uh this organization will ever see so one of the questions i had for you uh, Vin was looking at this. One of the one of the statements that Jason made was that uh, you stated that you would lose essentially your marketing team for you know about nine months as they're working on the show. So with that kind of involvement that your staff had in in producing the show and and putting it all together, what are they going to be able to put that amount of time into now that they don't have to focus on the show? Serving our members. You know, cybersecurity is a big issue, right? CD has got to get in front of, you know, uh, providing best practices, education, certifications, and to make the homeowners feel comfortable that, you know, technology in their homes are safe. That's just one example. 
I've got, you know, a list of projects and we have a direction that uh, we're setting. And it's all about, you know, driving business and profitability uh, to our members. And the show will not just, not only will it still be there for our members, but it'll be bigger and better than ever because uh, Emerald has the ability to bridge all of the kitchen and bath technology and those profit opportunities for our members. So Jason, in, in your research into this, obviously, because you know you wrote the story and spent a lot of time following it, um, what can CD members expect to see going forward as they've, uh, as, as Emerald takes over and, you know, as Vin just said, has the potential to add a lot of technologies that maybe CD, the Cedia channel guys and, and women haven't focused on as much? Well, first, let me just kind of point out that this is not unheard of. Uh, you look at the relationship that the Security Industry Association has with Reed Expositions that owns the ISC West and the ISC East shows as an independent owner of those events and SIA benefits as an organization uh, to be able to do exactly what Vin just described, free itself up and, and um, move on to all the issues that also face its members, regulatory, uh, com com combating regulate regulations, uh, consumer awareness, um, all those sorts of things. So um, unanimously from our group, uh, I shouldn't say unanimously, almost unanimously from the readers, we heard very, very positive things about it. And I can only defer to what Vin mentioned uh, when he and I spoke, which was that this is gonna allow them to really jumpstart or re-jumpstart their efforts and things like their, uh, their boot camp road shows and their webinars that'll be reignited, those sorts of things from an educational standpoint. Very good. Haggai, as, as you know, obviously a member, but also an exhibitor, what does this type of change mean for, for you? So <clears throat> I think as uh, any exhibitor would worry, uh, what, what will be the rates now that Emerald is going to be taking over? You know, what's going to be the price per square foot for us uh, to pay to go to CD? So I think, I think that's normal. I also think, and I know uh, doing some research that CEDIA um, has been offering square footage at the show at a relatively low rate if you look at other shows. So I would expect that to level off with other industries. So that would make sense for me. And at the same time, I see great value on us being there exhibiting at CEDIA. And so it, it doesn't necessarily scare me, uh, but it's, it's definitely something that's on my mind. And I think we are, as humans, we don't like change. And when change comes, we sometimes, you know, we have our reservations. I think time will tell. Uh, Emerald, this is not their first rodeo. They've done this before. They know what they're doing. And we have to trust Vin and Cedia that, you know, this is the good decision uh, for Cedia going forward. What I do expect though, and I think, you know, that's kind of the other side beyond the show, is I'd like Cedia to take a more active role in determining the future of our industry. Mm -hmm. so right now, Cedia has been working for the members. And I think uh, where Cedia is going is into a transition where it's becoming the one that is leading the industry uh, forward looking at technologies. For example, if you travel and you talk to integrators and you tell me as an integrator, HDCP 2.2 and the challenges with HDMI, 
those are challenges that integrators have to deal with every day that no one's really you know, put a stake in the ground and said, we'd like to fix this problem. We'd like to figure out how to do transmission from device to device and have it secure, but also be able to put a switcher in between and have this stuff work out of the gate and have one uh, standard be compatible with the generation that's prior to. And it's been a real challenge for the integrators. It's been a challenge for the manufacturers. And I personally think that CDS should be right smack in the middle of that. Um, well, and now that they've, you know, sold off the show, sold off uh, essentially this, this huge, I don't want to say time suck, but a, a very large portion of the day-to-day work that CDA does going that route and, you know, as you stated in the article, going after more education is great. But with what Haggai said, we're seeing over the last couple of years, such a huge shift in the industry in general, especially with the iteration of IoT and and all these other devices. Vin, is this something that we're looking or or we should expect to see Cedia uh, attempt to do? Absolutely. You know, um, first of all, you know, we have an issue, uh, our members, right? Consumer awareness, uh, workforce development. Uh, A lot of our members can't grow because they can't hire the right people. To me, those are one and the same problem. So there's general awareness of all the things that are necessary for small businesses. Um, You know, CD is going to get in, you know, CD is in the forefront of it. Now we can actually tell the world, about you know the direction to take for the help that uh, our members require. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next topic. This comes to us from Residential Systems, and it's written by a, a good friend of mine, Todd Anthony Puma. It is about what you should look for in a network technology partner. Uh, as you scroll through this article, he's he's talking about you know what's involved in adding a new partner, looking at things such as that. Uh, Haggai, because this is about networking kind of uh, in a roundabout way, how often should people be looking at adjusting their, as far as integrators, how often should they look at adjusting their product lines and adjusting who they're working with? I think if, if as an integrator, you feel that you have a deficiency in your business where there are some things that you need that you're not getting out of either your network provider or the network equipment you're using, then you should be looking at other options. And I think for a lot of businesses, that's an ongoing process. It's not something that you start doing when you hit some pain points, but it's something that you're always aware of and you're always mindful of. So, so that's, that's essentially, it's either a point where you feel there is a deficiency or it's for some, it, it is a constant process of, all right, let's talk about this because I know what's going on with my business. Ultimately, I think the goal, and, and I can tell you for Access Networks is the goal, is to allow the homeowner to have as much time as they can with their family and with, with, you know, without dealing with technology unless they, they want to and essentially eliminate the time that they're dealing with troubleshooting. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Um, recently I bought a new home and I can tell you, it's been quite frustrating trying to deal with different vendors, different pieces of electronics. You know, I mentioned my Jandy system, uh, that had a problem. Uh, the way that system interfaces with the network is really interesting. 
um, we had that sensor, the, the wireless card flood because the pool guy left it open uh, outside. So we, we're all looking for, at the same time, I will tell you, I am looking for more things in my home to be automated and integrated. And usually the, the method of connectivity is the network. And so you want that network to be reliable and you want the integrator that works for you as a homeowner, you want them to nail it the first time around. You want them to come in with the plan, engineer a system, install it, have everything working, integrated together. And when they go away, I don't want to call them, not because I don't like them, but because I don't need them because they did a good job. Right. right? Very good. Then as, you know, integrators are, are very good at realizing what's going on uh, with, with their day-to-day business, but sometimes they're not so good at that overarching, overarching look. How often should integrators be, be taking kind of a deep dive into the, the products and the solutions that they're using? So, uh, you know, I'm an avid reader of Jason and Julie and, you know, Jeremy. Um, I, I think you have to keep, keep up with your reading as an integrator. Uh, I love Todd Anthony Puma. I think he's a model integrator in that, uh, you know, he sticks with a brand. He goes to the end. And as such, then, you know, it's, it's in his blog, he's able to support his product because every home has the same equipment. So, um, you know, I, I don't know why Todd is uh, looking for another, uh, you know, networking uh, equipment provider, but I do know this, when he selects his, his next uh, vendor, he's going to stick with them, you know, through, you know, for as long as he's in business, because that's just the way he is. And I think that you have to, you know, you have to be cognizant of that. You know, when, when I was at Crestron as the director of marketing there, uh, one of the things that frustrated with me was, you know, that, that integrators were just okay. They weren't great with our systems and, and those who supported multiple control systems platforms were just mediocre in each one of them. Those who stuck with one were great at them. And I would say, you know, don't worry about Crestron. You know, if you are great at Savant or great at control four, stick with that because the more that you, you know, you, you, there's only so much time in a day and you have to become expert in the systems that you're working with in order to pr- provide homeowners with the exceptional experience. So I'm a proponent of, you know, be loyal to your manufacturer providers. They will be loyal to you, become expert, and it will drive your profitability. Very good. Jason, how, how much is this something that kind of gets overlooked in our industry uh, as far as sticking with one brand? Because, you know, with the technology that we see on a daily basis, there's so many cool things out there. How, how much is that just specifically kind of our industry where we, we look at so many cool things that are out there and go, ooh, let's add this product and this product and this product mm-hmm. versus, you know, as Vin and Haggai are saying, of, of sticking with some specific uh, product lines? Yeah, I think it's going to become more and more important, especially as we move into uh, the recurring monthly revenue um, uh, focus in the industry. I Harken back to, I remember when Brinks sold, uh, and in the history of Brinks Home Security, they had changed alarm panels once. In their entire history, they had only changed their equipment once. 
And that was one of the reasons that Brinks sold for such a very, very high multiple because whoever bought them knew they weren't going to have a service issue. They didn't have to have four technicians who knew four different types of panels to service that product. Uh, but this reminds me of kind of picking up on, on what Vin said. Um, I did an interview a year or so ago with a, a top CE Pro 100 integrator, and he had seven criteria that he uses <clears throat> to select every supplier. And in order, from top to bottom, I found, refound the article. Number one is profit, the profit potential. Number two, reliability. Number three, sales support. Number four, channel distribution. To your point, uh, he wants somebody who's going to be loyal to the channel, and he's going to be loyal to them. Uh, number five, uniqueness. He wants something that's going to help make him unique in the market. Number six was upgradability so that he can upgrade that product over time. And last was remote access to what we were just talking about. So I thought those are great, seven very concise criteria to look at when you're selecting a vendor. So let me take this just a step further then. What is an integrator to do when they find out that, or maybe come to the realization that a product that they've stuck with for years either no longer you know, fits their market or fits their business model? What's the, what's the best direction for them to go? I think speak to other integrators. You know, Cedia offers, uh, you know, an online community. Uh, we offer groups uh, and, you know, get with other integrators who, have, who are not in direct competition, but in other areas of the country or the world and, uh, you know, compare notes and take advice. Very good. Anybody else? Yeah, the other day I was on the CDA community and someone was asking about mesh. And not all mesh systems are created equal. And so my opinion, my experience with Ruck has been a very positive one. And I was easily able to detail the differences between whatever it is that they were thinking about versus the actual practical experience in the field with the Ruckus system, for example. And uh, that has tangible value. That that. You get, you're getting feedback from someone who's been there and done that and has done it many times over. And so you know you're gonna have a guaranteed solution and all of that just from a simple post on a forum. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our last topic of the day. This comes to us again from CE Pro. And uh, excuse me, this is a article about an Arizona integrator who has created a best practice for their home networking solutions. Uh, the cyber technology group uh, is, is outlined in this story and has become a vendor partner with Access Networks to provide kind of a, a base point, a, a start off point for all of their uh, network installations. They have something that they can standardize and put into any home. So Haggai, because of course you're, you're from Access, let's, let's jump with you on this one. How important and, and, and why should dealers take this approach of a, a standard network spec that they can deploy across the board? Um, a good friend once told me the best custom is repeatable. There you go. Kind of an oxymoron, right? Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is if we have the same system that we deploy again and again, and we know the formula, we know what works, uh, I have one of our integrators call it their chocolate cake. You know, they have four or five brands that they use and they use the same mix of product 
it, with different features every time, you know, homeowners has their, their things that they want custom, but you know what you're getting into and you can measure your profitability. And the bottom line is it's not just the about upfront cost and it's not just about margins. It's about how many phone calls you get from that homeowner mm -hmm. uh, on, on a Sunday when you're with your family. And we, we measure it in the same way. You know, we have uh, between 20 and 25,000 systems out there. And our support system is still engineering in-house. It's still relatively small for that amount of systems to be out there. That's only because we've been able to figure out how to mass produce those systems and have them be reliable on the field. And it's not, it's not just us. It's also the integrators that are our partners. Uh, and the way they deploy those systems and surge protection, it comes down to wiring. Everything counts. And so when it's, and it's not just for access. If you find a partner that works for you, that um, deploys systems with you that are reliable and repeatable, then absolutely that's how you make money. Mm -hmm. Jason, looking at, you know, this article that you wrote and, and going over this, which is, probably, I, I hate to say it, but it's probably not a standard practice for most CD integrators. Why should they be, uh, even beyond what, what Haggai said, why should they be determined to, to invest the time to create this standard for the network side of their business? Well, I mean, we all know that the, the amount of devices that are going to be connected to the network in the home have grown exponentially it's going to continue to grow exponentially and you know we were discussing before we went live how you know every cedia integrator and an nsca integrator for that matter on the commercial side is going to be an it integrator uh at some point down the road but you know one of the keys here i think is is you know cyber technology group is a is a big company compared to a lot of integrators in the space. They have 42 employees and then 35 on their electrical business side. And the fact that you see a very large integrator recognize that they are better partnering uh, for their network deployment than going out and hiring and rehiring and rehiring expensive talent to manage that internally, um, I think tells, uh, tells a good lesson for everybody else to kind of look at and, you know, they flat out say in the article, this is reducing our service calls. Absolutely, mm -hmm. this reduces the amount of truck rolls we're making. So all that leads to profitability, profitability, profitability. Mm -hmm. Vin, should that be the, the I guess, what's, what's the balance between profitability as your main driving point and being able to offer, you know, kind of superior customer service? Where should that tipping point lead? You know what? I think if you offer superior customer service, it'll drive your profitability. Um, you know, I, I, I love the article. I, I think that Hagai has created a, a wonderful company. And you know what? The best businesses are the boring ones. They keep doing the same thing right over and over and over again. And, you know, the better job we do as an industry delivering exceptional experiences to homeowners, the more we can grow this thing. So I love it. And Matt, I wouldn't make the conclusion that outsourcing something is a uh, is a balancing act with superior customer service. No, I wouldn't either. I, I would say that when you outsource to the right partners, like in this case, Access, 
do you like that plug? Was that plug good? <laughs> um, but you know, when, when you do select the right partners and this goes back to kind of essentially everything we've talked about on this show, going with the right partners that, you know, maybe take a load off your business, but allow you to excel uh, with your business as a whole is got to be the kind of the, the key going forward. And let me give you an example, Matt, for what actually happens when a company chooses to do something like this. So we have on our team, and I'm very proud to say that, we have a CCIE certified individual, which means he is one of 35,000 certified CCA individuals of, in the world. Mm -hmm. and probably the only one in our industry that works in residential networking. And he's a part of our IT department and he looks at our code and whenever we ship a system, it has some of his DNA, as well as our entire team that has been developing this code since our inception. And so you're buying something a lot bigger than a router, switch, access point. You're buying into the team that's going to develop these systems and ship them to you in a way that allows them to function flawlessly out there. That's what you're buying into there. It's, it's not something you can even quantify. It's not even about money anymore. It's about who's going to be on your team. Mm -hmm. Right. Very good. All right, gentlemen, uh, let, let's wrap up real quickly. Uh, but before we do, Vin, give me a quick little uh, overview of what Cedia has going on at ISC, which is starting on Tuesday of next week. We got lots of talks. We've got a VIP event, which you're all uh, invited to at the Van Gogh Museum. Um, you know, uh, we're 50% owners of the show, so we've got a board meeting to manage uh, with the uh, ISC people. It's uh, good times, lots of excitement. Uh, our registration is up a ton. So last year we broke through 65,000 people. I think we're going to be fast approaching 70,000 attendees at ISC. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Jason Haggai, are either of you going to be there? I'm not going to be there first year I'm taking off because I'm staying home with the baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> priorities, priorities. The right Congratulations. Priorities. No, I'm not going to be here. We're going to have a, a full staff, a, a full slate of people there uh, for CE Pro and Commercial Integrator, our sister publication, but I'm, I'm staying home. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually joining, much to Tim's dismay, I, I'm joining that group of guys that are staying home with, uh, mine's not as young as yours, Haggai, but with the, with the baby, the wife was not too excited about me going across the ocean for a week. Um, but that being said, ooh, and I just got a big boo from him. <laughs> that being said, uh, we will have the full team there. We'll have a bunch of guys uh, on the floor covering the show from the AV Nation perspective that you've come to love and appreciate, other than me, who obviously won't be there. Uh, but it will be a great show, and we're greatly looking forward to it. Gentlemen, uh, again, thank you so much for being here. Vin, where can people connect with you? Uh, vbruno at cd.org, cd.org, cd.net. Very good. Haggai, thanks for being here, my friend. Thank you for having me, and thank you for all the props. We're <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting my check. No. Um, where can people connect with you? Um, you can email me, Hagai, H-A-G-A-I, at accessca.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Jason, you're, you're a good regular on the show. Where can people connect with you? You can follow me on Twitter at, at JasonWNot, or you can reach me via the website, uh, cepro.com. 
Excellent. Very good. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform like that. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows that cover all our other verticals. When you do stop by the show, please make sure you take a moment to check out our underwriters. These guys right here, you will find them on the, on the site, including Access, as well as a bunch of other great companies. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Resi Week.